Hi everyone and welcome to the 50th special of the AG podcast. I'm your host this evening, Jaminator, and with me as always for all the previous times as well is Yash Cohen. So uh, evening matey and congratulations to you obviously for helping us get to this landmark. Yes, it's a special occasion. It's uh, It's been a blast. Over two years since we did the first episode and uh, yeah, 50th episode, here we are. Mm. Are you wearing your tie? Are you, you got your top on? <laughs> Special occasion, special occasion. Yeah, tie. absolutely. Got my uh, got my transfer deadline tie, uh, tie on for sure. Um, with us uh, is what what is probably considered our most uh, sort of third appearancey, if you want to call it that, is uh, is Riverman. We had to get him back on for this. So good evening, River. Nice to have you on again, matey. Evening, Jam. Evening, Ash. Uh, evening, all. Yeah, thanks for inviting me back. Always a pleasure to be on. And congratulations to the pair of you for fifty podcasts. Quite an achievement that. Yeah, and again, like, like like I've alluded to as well, it'd be uh, you know you, you've con- contributed along the way as well yourself. So uh, thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, and with us uh, on our fiftieth special is uh, none other than the site creator himself, Marcus Jonesy. So good evening, Marcus. Good evening, boys. How are we this evening? Not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. Good stuff. Thanks very much for having me on. No, absolutely. And uh, again, long overdue, I think. Um, again, we should uh, we should try not to meet up just at special occasions, you know, weddings <laughs> and funerals and all that. Um, so, w- right, we'll kick straight off with the agenda then, boys. Uh, so we're going to obviously talk a bit about the, the World Cup qualifying and how that rounded off. Uh, we'll also touch on the top scorers list for that as well, because I think it's something that has maybe gone under the radar a little bit. We'll discuss the World Cup draw reaction, because the, uh, the draw sorry, for the uh, top knockouts and the bottom knockouts has now been made live on Twitch last night. Uh, as we record this, that is. Uh, we'll then also touch on the golf, Call of Duty and F1. Uh, the F1 will also reveal a uh, team's reveal for the upcoming season as well, which is uh, definitely something to look forward to. We're then going to pick Marcus's brains on the future plans of the site and hopefully we'll get a little bit of inside information. So anyone who doesn't, doesn't listen to that, you know, that's, that's your own fault. You know, you're missing out on future plans. And uh, then we're going to round off with listening to questions, which we've not done for a while. And hopefully we'll have some interesting feedback from yourselves. So... We'll kick straight off then, boys, with World Cup qualifying, and uh, and obviously some of the World Cup groups obviously finished quite quite early. Some dragged on a little bit. I know MJG and, and Raz was the, uh, the the last game to happen. I believe that was uh, a nice feisty one. Um, but uh, River, since you're the, the the king of the bookies, you're the the Paddy Power of AG. Um, wh- where was your biggest sort of victory, and where was your biggest defeat in terms of the bookies? Uh, well, the biggest defeat, I'll start with that, is pretty obvious. Um, that was Roy Jones. Um, Roy was priced up at 11-2 in his group. He had a tough group. Um, he had Biggie D in there, who got promoted to the Prem this year. He had Suited, uh, who's a Premier Division player. He had MJG, who um, got promoted to the Championships, got a fairly decent side, or so we thought. He doesn't seem to like him. Uh, Rye was priced up at, as I said, at 11 to 2. Um, unfortunately, um, just after the groups had been done and the betting was available, there was an impromptu tournament run on a Friday night where Rye kicked everyone's ass. As a result, people surged to back him and they kicked <laughs> the bookies' ass. And we paid out about 110 million on Rye Jones, <coughs> which is a yeah. huge amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus is having fits in the background. Um, the biggest victory was probably Aaron, who I can't remember the exact figure, but I think we took about 20 million on Aaron to win his group. Um, and he didn't even qualify. 
Wow. So um, he was victim of um, Shandy Andy, who did a bit of a suffy and downplayed his ability. Yeah, got a bit of a shot. Himself, <laughs> yeah, got, got himself too good a side. But I say he didn't qualify as well. Jeff beat him. Overall, um, bookies did take a bit of a hit on it, but only to the sort of tune of an event being paid out. So for uh, the interest and everything that it's caused, I think it was a, uh, well worth doing. And I think everyone had a lot of fun uh, being able to back numerous events. And it, it was really worth I mean, doing. You, I just... you, don't have to, you don't have to prove yourself, River. It's fine. You know, Marcus will let you keep running the bookies. I'm sure, I'm sure your job's not up for, up for grabs yet, is it? Uh, I mean, wait, uh, what's it? Sorry, I just got a WhatsApp off Marcus. Do you want to do the podcast and the bookies? Okay, we'll talk about that later on, Marcus. We'll talk about that later on. Oh dear! I love the way I love the fact he's trying to defend himself he about is, the hundred. Do you know what? Before I come on tonight, I didn't know how much it is. I didn't know how much it lost, and then he dropped that in there, hundred and ten million. He could have said fifty, and I'd have gone, yeah, okay, that's not too bad. Hundred and ten. I'm like, oh, River, what are you doing? I mean, the, the interesting thing would be, I mean, I don't know if you have the, the, the figure, the figures, River. What what's your plus and minus? So you still, I bet you're still in credit though, aren't you? Uh, in the group stages, no. In the group stages, we lost about 40 million, 30, 40 wow. million. Uh, we took 186 or 188 million, something like that, in bets. Um, we paid out about 230, I think, 220, 230, I think. And I say half of that, 110 million was on Rye. Gee. So the so the the uh, the employees or the lower down employees at AG bookies are, are on furlough now, are they? Yeah, uh, well, they're, they're back on flexi furlough. Well, yeah. As I say, I, I was going to say yeah. thank to Joe for all his efforts as well. I give Joe a lot of stick, as everyone knows, and vice versa. But he's we spent a lot of time doing this, and Joe's done an awful lot of work on it. So I was going to say thanks to him, but I mean, I think he was the one who came up with Rise Price. So yeah. <laughs> Did he back Rye by any chance? Uh, he did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all coming out now. There we go. I made Joe. Did you back Rye River? Uh, I have one million on him. Joe had two. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I didn't. Did you back him? Um, it was either him or Biggie. Jeez, I think it was Biggie. Everybody's, everybody's I, think it was Biggie. I think it was Biggie that I um, backed on. Oh, my word. I, I, I just completely missed this, didn't I? I should have been on him. It's like an MJG <laughs> tipster. Um. So uh, in terms of the qualifying, then again we, we saw a few shocks. Um, you know, I think um, you know Southy going through. To be fair, I mean, again, I was in Southy's group, and it was announced as the group of death. Obviously, Marcus, you you watched it live on Twitch with the rest of us, and yeah. you know immediately created the thread group of death. It was sort of you know it was it was softened a little bit by Tans. I know he had the arrival of his his new uh, new baby um, and, and whatnot around the same sort of time, so couldn't commit or or I believe that was the reason. I'm not not 100 um, percent. But in terms of uh, the group, it was still a very difficult group. You know, me, Bunsey, Southey, Welser and Harry. You know, Harry with Portugal, mind you, as well, which anybody anybody can score with Portugal, can't they? Let's be honest. So for me, for me, yeah, well, for, for me to see Southey do so well, I mean, he ripped me a new one, to be honest, in that first game. He, um, again, he was probably backed at the shortest odds. And I mean, do you, do you think that's fair, Marcus? Do you think Southey will go all the way with, with New Zealand? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's absolute quality, the lad, isn't he? Mm. He won the he won the Premiership last season. He's just he, he's just unbelievable. If he's a different gravy to the rest. Um, I do apologise to everyone else, but um, Berger won't like that. Well, if he's doing it with New Zealand, though, mate, you know it's um, yeah, exactly. 
he's unbelievable. But I think the group itself probably, just looking at it now, ended up how I would have put it anyway. Um, H obviously just scraping off the bottom because of Tanz's default. Wilson and Buncey fighting for mid-place yourself just behind Southie, I think. Mm. I mean, the Wellser was an interesting one because, um, and you know, I definitely thought Wellser would do very well with Mexico. I mean, Mexico is a lovely team. Um, I was really surprised that Wellser that Wellser didn't do as well. I mean, would you agree with that, Marcus? Do you think that he should have done better or...? Uh, we, um, we give a bit too much stick there because he has just been promoted to the championship. He is effectively still a League One player. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one with Welser because he was obviously up in the Premiership not so long ago, and he just seemed to tumble through all the leagues. And I've known um, Steve or Welser for a long time, and on his day, he can be a very very difficult player to play against. Mm. Um, but I think the mid-table slot just behind yourself is probably it's probably about right for him. Ash, was there any other big uh, big shocks that you saw in the uh, the finalising uh, of the group stages? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know we've just briefly touched on uh, Aaron. Um, I, I expect him to come out of that group. Um, so it is a shock to see um, him not sort of qualify into that top bracket. But, mm. I mean, you look at some of the other groups, I, I think... Um, you know, I mean, that Group B, I know we've just touched on it. I mean, that, it just shows how what a good group that one was. Um, you know, Wells and Buncey, both of which are, um, you know, are good players. I mean, Harry with Portugal, you know, Ronaldo um, should have perhaps done a little bit better. Um, maybe against the likes of, you know, Wells and Buncey. And uh, yeah, this is where you sort of see, even with the teams, I mean, Swiffy showed, didn't it? I mean, he had New Zealand, the worst team in the game. And he's ripped, you know, nearly everyone a new one. And he's mm. uh, on course. I mean, we, we obviously we'll come to the sort of knockout bracket uh, in a bit. Mm. Um, you know, he could go all the way to the end. But no, um, I, I don't think maybe other than Aaron, um, I, I wouldn't say there were any other major shocks. Mm. I mean, again, I'll, I'll be honest. One of my biggest disappointments, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I've not got the table up, but I believe um, Andy Brill. I mean, I know Brilly, you know, he's not the best FIFA player, he'll admit that himself, but he got zero points, I believe, with France. Um, you know, which again, I, I think that's a bit of a shock, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit disappointed. I think that, again, who was who was the uh, the worst team in his group in terms of actual FIFA teams? Um, do, we, do we have that on hand? Um, it's probably looking at it. What group was he, he in? Uh, he was in the uh, Safe yeah. Belgium, then there was Mark the Shark, Worm had England. Uh, I don't know who Mark the Shark and Bonzi had. I think Bonzi had Australia. Oh, Bonzi had Australia, Australia and Mark Australia, had Hungary. Yeah. So Hungary. you'd imagine, you know, he could have probably done a done a job on Bonzi, really, which is a bit disappointing. Um, I mean, Satie, bloody hell, you know, Satie got himself into the top bracket. That that group, if if my group was the group of death, that was the uh, that was the one Man City normally get in the Champions League, wasn't it? That was the that was the easy group. Um, if if, if are we, are we, are we, are we being harsh saying that, do you think, boys, or or what do we think? Do you think that's about right, River? Was that the easy group? Um, possibly. I mean, I had Saty uh, priced up to win that group, which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he's improved immeasurably since he joined. He's only been here one season. Uh, I remember playing him in the reserve league, and he'd taken a couple of tankings in the reserve league. Mm-hmm. And I played him and, and said, yeah, look, when we're allocating leagues, he's got to go in the bottom division because he's going to struggle. But he has got so much better now. He's much tougher to play against. And giving him a side like Belgium, we've got some really good players. I thought he would do well. 
and he did. He, he won the group. Um, the other group that you might say might be one of the easier ones was a group with uh, Joe, Golden Beard, Plunkett, uh, Big B, and Ginger Neo in it. Um, there's no one um, outstanding I guess in, in, in that. In that, group, there's no yeah, there's that. no there's no, no, no sort of... player. No Prem player and also no no Greece, uh, no France or Germany or anything like yeah. that. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly, that's, because yeah. that's a fair shout. Um, I mean, just touching on a slight segue from this, I guess. You know, we've, we've been running the head-to-head league alongside this, obviously, Marcus. And I think we can all agree it's been quite a, quite a decent success um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the thing. One thing when you said about Saty there, he, he sort of remarked he's enjoyed playing with the World Cup teams because, especially in that head-to-head league, because he's found it's more enjoyable and it levels the playing field. Um, I think we uh, we touched on it before. For me, the the World Cup teams, the star rating and difference is is far far greater in terms of you know get, getting a two goal head start in a, in a handicap tournament. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's a good setup. Um, it's something that it's it was actually a brainchild of Joe all this World Cup and whatever the tournaments are to come and. If anything, it is more of a leveller with the teams because I get that you can still have a one or two goal head start, but that then does play on the mind and people go, well, hang on, I've got a one nil lead here, I can defend. Yeah. Whereas now, if they've either got a poor team or a good team, they can still go out and attack and actually try and win the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, like you talked about it earlier on, Ash, we'll, we'll head over to the um, the actual draw now for the the divisions. We'll start with the losers bracket. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go through uh, everything, but I'm just gonna pick out some of the tasty ties there. Um, you know, we've got some people getting quite unlikely buys. I mean, you know, Storm and Plunkett both got a buy. They're into the next round against each other, actually. Aaron, you know, Aaron luckily managed to get himself a buy. So, and he's in a favourable side of the draw as well. So he could be the one that comes out of the uh, the winners bracket, the losers bracket. Sorry, as the winner. Um, for me, that one of the tastiest times could even be happening right now, depending on what time we're recording, because Bonzi and Rhino are playing each other. And again, that's one of those things where we've seen Bonzi and Rhino play each other in uh, in the cups, in the leagues, uh, when Bonzi was involved, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a huge difference in in quality. And Rhino's got. Uh, Got Argentina against Australia. So I mean, Ash, you know, who who do you see coming out as as being a standout performer in that that bottom bottom bracket? Yeah, I mean, you've just obviously Aaron is a good shout. He's in that bottom half of the bracket, um, and just sort of looking at those players that are around him uh, in that bottom half. I mean, obviously, you know. He, he, we all thought, well, I personally thought he was going to qualify into the top one, so maybe it's too early to say. I mean, on paper, you'd argue that no one there. I mean, maybe Welser. Um, Welser could give him a good game, and maybe that's where we'll, you know, they'll meet. Um, just sort of looking at who could uh, who could face him. So maybe Welser against Aaron could be a tasty game. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron, you'd look at the bottom half and sort of looking towards the top. Um, Storm and Plunkett, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of games there. I mean, Bonzi and Rhino, you've hit the nail on the head. That's going to be a mm. cracking tie. Um, it, it, there's a lot there, isn't there? Who's um, who's your winner? Who's your winner? If you actually put your neck out on, on, on a loop, yeah, say loser's Aaron. bracket. You say Aaron. Aaron is the okay. winner. Okay. Did you back him, Ash? Uh, probably not. 
<laughs> I I'll don't be honest, if I backed anybody uh, in so that I, bracket. <laughs> I did back someone. I actually backed Plunkett, I believe. Um, I think I backed Plunkett at the tune of a million, just because I didn't want to go too... Uh, to spendthrift, and I think he's in again decent side of the draw. You know, he's got a buy. He's already in the second round. We've seen obviously Storm. Storm doesn't seem to like his team. I think he's Czech Republic, but again, I would take Czech Republic over China in an absolute heartbeat. So I think he needs to uh, stop whinging. Um, Marcus, who would you say at that uh, that bottom bracket? Who's going to be your uh, your highlight and low light? Who's going to sort of continue to plummet? Do you think? Who's I think. I think your overall winner will be Aaron. I think he will um, he'll walk it. But you know what you saying about Storm? I'm just looking at his draw because he's on the top end of the bracket there. I think he'll cause an upset. You know, I think don't be surprised to see him get to the semi or a final with Storm. He's um, he's one of those that leads you down the garden path. He's full of shit, um, and he will uh, he'll spin you yarn. But I tell you what. Sometimes, even on TFI nights um, and individual cup competitions, I think Storm will be a dark horse. The biggest flop, uh, sorry, Gasby, going out first round against Buncey. Um, he'll probably thank me for that, to be honest. Okie dokie. Um, Ash, what about yourself? Who do you think is going to come through as the winner? And who do you think is going to... Uh... Oh, sorry, no, River. River, sorry. Ash, Ash. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to 50 podcasts in and we still make mistakes. It's all good. River, who's going to be your... Uh, who's the bookies actually got as the favourite? Well, there were three joint favourites with one just behind. Uh, bear in mind the bookies was done before the draw was made, so we didn't know who had buys, who was in what half of the draw. The three joint favourites were Welser, Buncey and Suited Recluse, with Aaron just behind them. Wow. Um, only Aaron only half a point behind them um, that was done uh, because Aaron didn't get out of a group that contained no disrespect he's a good player but con- uh, contained Jeff uh, and you would have expected Aaron to have got out of that group um, we didn't know say what Shandy Andy was like but Aaron didn't get out of a group we expected him to get out of Welser and Bunsey uh, obviously were in the group of death so we made them slight favourites over him but, yeah, I, Aaron is as good a shout as any for it. Um, I would just like to make a point at, at this stage. If I manage to beat Packfish and Harry wins his game, I run into Harry with Portugal. Given what Harry said about me on the podcast before I got promoted, Harry will probably beat me with Portugal because he's got Ronaldo and my players can't defend for Toffee. So I'd just like to put it out there. If he beats me, it's only because he's got a good team. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I mean, boys, I, I think for me that the, the bottom half, um, you know, of, of the uh, the draw there, the losers bracket. I think for me, I would probably agree. I'd probably say Aaron, but again, I've backed Plunkett just because I think Joe was saying he narrowly did he narrowly miss out River. Yeah, on, he, um, he lost out. It came, yeah, he, he lost out by uh, a point. I think it was. I think Joe had sixteen points. Uh, Golden Beard had sixteen points, and Plunkett had fifteen, something like that. So he went out with one of the highest totals, certainly in a five-team group. Yeah, I mean, again, that's it's a bit of a signal, isn't it, as well, um, for him, bless him. So fingers crossed he bounces back and, uh, and does well. Uh, right, we'll move on to the top half of the draw. A little bit more condensed this one as well, obviously, with it being the top two rather than the bottom three that went that went through. So, um, again, it's 
it's very difficult to see past Suzy for me in terms of the win. However, he's coming up against arguably the one person with these teams that can stop him in, in Shandy Andy, because like you alluded to, uh, I believe, I think it was yourself, Ash, you know, he's got Ivory Coast and, and he seems to be quite handy with them. Um, in terms of yourself, obviously, are you happy with your draw, Ash? You've obviously got Biggie. Uh, yes, I've got Biggie. Uh, that's kicking off a bit later on tonight. So that's, uh, that's going to be a good game, obviously, uh, coming up to the Prem. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to get a good idea of styles for next season. Um, and then, obviously, whoever wins, um, you know, is over yourself or Mark. But, I mean, ultimately, if you look at the bracket overall, as much as I don't want to see it because I think it's boring and I'd like to see something a bit different, it's, it's difficult to look past Sophie and Berger um, in the final. Yeah, again, like I say, with the way the draws worked out, I, I would agree. Again, it all depends on whether or not he gets stopped, doesn't it, is the thing. And again, you look at Berger, you know, Berger gets through against Goldenbeard, if, if we say that. You know, Marcus, he's, he's got Saiti possibly in the next round with Belgium. And, and like uh, River was just saying, he's possibly going to be handy with, with them. So it's I think this, like you said before, as well, the team is such a leveller. It's really difficult to tell who's going to come through. Who would who would be your tip for the uh, the top bracket, Marcus? Who do you think is going to uh, going to come through? To win it, I think it'll definitely be Southie, like Asher says. A um, couple of ties for me though. Ray Jones and Gorton will be a good one, both top their group. Um, I think that'll be a good tie between them two. Bottom half, um, I think Berger will turn over Golden Beard. Um, Sati will probably beat Sean. And and Joe, don't um, don't discount Joe as well as 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 much as River puts him down and and doesn't like him and I think he's going to go. Um, I think Joe will at least get to the semi-finals in this or should anyway. Yeah, again, like I say, it depends. He did say obviously with Paul Lowe's being a bogey team for him as well. It's, it's tricky. I, I I personally, I'm quite happy with my draw. I think you know, Mark, me and Mark are. Um, I don't you think anyone mentioned you, Jam. <laughs> no, I don't, they did, did they? To be fair, again, I, I'm just quite happy with my draw. Is what I'm saying. I think that I think again, I even if I could get past um, again, if we assume Ash is going to, you know, beat Biggie, and if I do beat Mark, which again is a big if because he's got Hungary, which they're not a bad team. Um, I have to get past Ash, and then which is tricky at the best times. And then again, I'm going to run into possibly Southey. So, I uh, I think for me the the best I can hope for, and maybe yourself, Ash, would be a semi final. I don't know. I don't know if you agree. I would be happy with a semi final. Yeah, World Cup semi final. I mean, that's what England got, wasn't it? You know, we we, we have to be happy with that. We recreate the, the magic of 2018. <sighs> can we talk about that for a bit, Marcus? Or would you like us to move on? No, let's move on. <laughs> Um, River, where just in the spirit of what we talked about in terms of um, the the bookies in the group stage, where do you think the biggest loss or potential loss can come from in terms of the bookies in these in these knockouts, especially for the top top bracket? Um, well, funnily enough, the best result for the bookie is probably Southey uh, winning it, which, uh, as others have alluded to, I think he will win it. Um, the fact that it's over two games as well. Everything is over two legs is something we haven't actually mentioned. Now, Southey could potentially get done in one game or someone could hold him, but I can't see anyone at all beating him over two legs. I, I just can't I just can't see it. Um, the b- biggest potential loss for the bookies, um, that's realistic. I suppose there's, there's three million on Joe, although two million of that is himself, and he's quite a long price. Um, but what Marcus says, yeah, Joe could potentially go reasonable. He's 
he's like me with the league team when he plays with Scotland. He just whacks the ball down the line and runs with it. I've played numerous games against him. Um, and it's like playing me in the league. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, he's quite a big price with some money on him. The other one that would cost the bookies a bit of money is possibly Shandy Andy, the six million on Shandy Andy at four to one. Mm. And he's a bit of an unknown commodity because I haven't played him. Um, so there's poten- potential there. That'd be like 24 million. But um, I-, I genuinely can't see part- anyone beating Southie over two legs. I, mm. I can't. I, think- I just can't look beyond that. I think that's it, isn't it? It's kind of like this season's Champions League, how it finished. The fact that it's over two legs um, compared to one. You know, one leg, the, you've got a chance of beating anybody over one game. But over two, it's uh, it's going to be virtually impossible, isn't it? So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Again, I think I agree. I think Southey is going to be the champion. But we'll uh, we'll find out. Hopefully by the next podcast, I'd assume things should all be wrapped up if, if we're on course. Um, so right, we're going to uh, we're just going to move on. Um, we're just going to talk. I'm actually going to shoot over to yourself about this um, river again, just because I think I believe you're the only one who's actually got this game, unless Marcus, unless you've invested in it. I know me and Ash haven't. Um, the uh, the new the new golf game. So river, if you can, obviously, because Bertie's not going to do us a golf segment this week. Uh, we've not really got enough um, enough golf content to be discussing. The uh, the new golf game. First of all, a couple of questions. So one. How, I guess, how does it play? You know, how does it play compared to the previous one? Um, gameplay is good on it. It's realistic. It, it's hard, is the thing I would say. I think even the people... I'm not particularly great at the game, never have been. But even the people who are good at the game, your people like your Wellsers who uh, play at Rhino, who was good at the last one, is really struggling with it. It's very difficult to get uh, your swing consistently correct and if you swing a bit too slow, a bit too fast, particularly on uh, the master clubs, which I'm not on, I'm one below that on the pro clubs, the ball can go absolutely everywhere. So it is, re- it is really, really tricky. Um, it's one of those games where practice really does make the world of difference because I know Wells has been on it an awful lot and has started to get his timing down. But it is very difficult on pro and above to get uh, to get a consistent swing going which is where i think bertie might have some fun with the ag society because um your, your casual golfers are going to have to play on like uh pro-am clubs which um obviously affects handicaps and that so bert's going to have fun with that it's a good game though but i say it is difficult on the higher clubs yeah um and in terms of the um the actual, I mean, in terms of the scope and how many people have got it so far, I mean, how many, because we saw with the F1 game, for example, I think virtually everybody invested in that straight away based on the premise that we're going to have it for another two years, so it was definitely worth it. How many people, you know, off the top of your head have got the new golf game? Uh, I'd probably say, I don't know, 10 to 15 maybe. Off the top of my head, I can think of uh, myself, Joe, Goldenbeard, Buncey, Bonzi, Welser, Rhino, Bertie... So um, a, fair, a fair few, then. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say probably, probably mm. 10 to 15, I would say, at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And I think that I think that may well grow, mm. if it, certainly if it comes down in price a bit. Yeah. And just on that, Jam, as well, um, 
both Bertie and Joel with the F1 have done a fantastic job and they really keep really keeping it ticking over. Um, it's something that the sites probably never had until these mm. two came along. So they put a lot of focus on the individual F1 and golf side of things. So for those who haven't purchased it, and I think I, I mentioned this in the thread um, a couple of weeks ago, for those who haven't purchased it and want to get the game, we're going to put that much as a site into it and that much focus on it. It won't be a case of you just paying 30, 40 quid or whatever and having it tossed to one side. These guys are properly dedicated to getting something running all the time. Yeah, I think, again, we've seen that, especially, you know, with both, obviously, especially when we get back on, on track with the leagues. And I think for me, you know, the... Uh, We've seen a couple of new, uh, couple of the newbies. Yes, we still get people join because we are predominantly a FIFA site, but we've had a lot of people join, you know, specifically for the F1 or specifically for the golf. Which, again, from you as from your point of view, Marcus, you must be thrilled with. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, it just goes to show that we're doing the right thing. Uh, the sites in the in sorry, the sites going in the right direction. Um, we're growing organically as Joe put it, which is nice and slow. We don't go out there and advertise it and put it in people's faces on Facebook, Twitter or whatever. You know, we're just, it, it basically is just word of mouth currently. And every, every time we have these members feeding into the site, maybe five a month or whatever it is, you know, these guys are actually sticking around now. They're not just coming up, signing up and disappearing. They're actually sticking. They want to get involved in F1. They want to get involved in in the golf and hopefully once FIFA releases as well we'll have another influx of members to make the leagues even bigger mm. this is it and again obviously that's one of the big things that fingers crossed will come on to shortly but you know it's obviously we need to we need to know unfortunately what's going to what's going to be happening because it's one of those awkward times which um, again I, I wasn't around when uh, we went from the 360 to the uh, to the Xbox One in terms of AG but yeah. it's um it's a shift, isn't it? You know, and it's a shift that, that I'm sure you've managed before and we, we need to obviously manage again. Um, so just to, just in terms of the... Um, we'll, we'll leave the golf there. So thank, thanks for your insight there, um, River. And again, like Marcus said, I can only echo it. Whether I'll get the golf or not, I don't know. Because um, again, for me, I think I probably would wait for it to come down in price a little bit. Um, only because I, I pretty much only play it as part of site interaction. I don't play it out of enjoyment like I get from F1 and, and FIFA. Um you know, again, anyone who wants to pick it up, Marcus has obviously just said it there. We're going to have a guaranteed, you know, golf uh, golf society going forward and, and for the for the for the future foreseeable. Um, in terms of the uh, the Call of Duty boys, we're just going to shoot over to that. Obviously, we've got a segment from uh, from I believe Hilly this week, um, so I'm just going to uh, let him reel away with that. So Hilly, uh, if you'd like to take that away, please. Hi guys, Hilly here, and this is your COD update. Uh, we have now finished the league section of the uh, Call of Duty tournament, so thank you very much to everyone who participated. Uh, obviously not easy getting four people on at the same time, but everyone did a fantastic job. Uh, it wasn't easy for everybody, but we managed to get there in the end. So again, from Plunkett and myself, a huge thank you. Um, as I said, the league's finished. Top of the league was Top Gun and Bottom Gun. They got 33 points. So that's 11 victories. Um, just two more 2-0 two victories and team that comes second. So it went down to kind of goal difference, if you will, on the league table. Uh, second place was Hot Shots Part Duh. They beat Top Gun and Bottom Gun in the league. Um, but unfortunately missed out on top spot because of goal difference. Third place was Plunk and Leon. Uh, only two defeats were to the two teams that I've just mentioned 
previously. So very well done to him coming third. And just getting into the semi-finals in fourth place was the podcasters. They just pipped Red and White Army by one victory. So the individuals, so top spot went to Jake Z and Tunnis, second to Joe and Joby, third to Plunkett and Paul Lowe's, and fourth to Bertie and Ash. So the semi-finals will be Top Gun and Bottom Gun versus the Podcasters. And Hot Shots Part Duh versus Plunk and Leon. Unfortunately, the wooden spoon this year went to a team aptly named I was with Harry last time. They managed to get two victories, so it wasn't a complete failure. But unfortunately, Jeff and Harry did finish bottom of the table. Finally, for me, the uh, killers, the individual top five best killers of the COD League this year will be receiving a £5 million bonus thanks to our banker um, and those five the table was live but in case you haven't seen it top five were Jakesy no surprise second place Ash third Berger fourth place Wayne EG and fifth place Plunkett semi-finals will be going live soon there will be odds for tournament winners in the bookies um, so hopefully you can get involved in that thanks for having me on guys and i'll catch you soon after we have a winner of the tournament cheers okay cheers hilly thank you very much and just to touch on the the cod as well boys i mean again we saw the normal um details in terms of the the teams and and the final standings we're now obviously into the 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 final stages of the knockouts for that the um the interesting thing though is we've also got the the kills um you know the matches to ratio chart which runs alongside so no surprises for who's uh who's top unfortunately it's uh it's the uh the top gun himself jacksy um you know with with, with a ridiculous 9.8 kills per match ratio which is just is shocking shit, it's absolutely ridiculous shit. absolutely ridiculous um so possibly surprising though ash you uh you second that leaderboard so you've, you've done quite well yourself matey i have yes uh, i'll take second of course uh it's uh, it's been a good season um but, yeah, no, Stop I'll, being I'll... so bloody modest. <laughs> you're a decent, you're a decent comp player, regardless of what you say. How many wins have you carried Storm to now? Come on, well, it, let's I, be having I've it. Count. I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been a good season. Uh, rounding off the top five, so it's Jaxi, Ash, Berger, Wayne, and Plunkett just sneaks in there as well ahead of uh, MJG, which I believe MJG was a bit sour about. But then what is he not sour about? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on that ourselves. Um, right, we're going to just move over to the, the F1. Um, we've actually had uh, from Joe, hot off the press, the team list for the next season, um, and as well as the division split as well, which is going to be very interesting reading and listening for people. Um, so I'm just going to... Very- very very quickly go through this and then obviously we can have a bit of a discussion because the three of us me river and ash obviously are all involved in the f1 and marcus obviously you oversee most things on the site so you'll have a, a, a you know a stake in the game on this as well so um in the uh, division one we've got the williams of shelbourne and Bunsey. and uh, we've actually not got soggy in there i'm guessing soggy hasn't bought the game yet which is uh, yeah, which is interesting uh, i don't think he's bought it or he's yeah at least, uh, not not been involved with the uh, f1 so far hmm. we've got um I've never played the game, or I've just picked the game up Southy in the uh, in the Hass. Uh, this is all Division One, by the way, boys. Um, we've got the Alfa Romeo being uh, piloted by Suited and Berger. Racing Point is Welser and Joe. Alfa Tauri is Golden Beard and MJG. Renault is Biggie. McLaren is myself and Mark coming up from Division Two. 
so it's definitely going to be interesting for me in that division. Um, you know, being put in a McLaren is very interesting. Um, Wardy and Nick Gibbon are in the Red Bull. Nick Gibbon being uh, one of the new members, as well as Wardy, actually, one of Hilly and Brilly's mates. Uh, and then the Ferrari, we've got Hilly and Aaron, with uh, the Mercedes cars still to be filled in Division 1. So if we work on Division 1, first of all, obviously... Um, there's a notable exclusion from there, Ash. You uh, you no longer reside in Division 1. How do you feel about that? It was always going to happen. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best season last time. Um, so, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it was to be expected. But to be honest, looking at the names in that list, there's a couple of races uh, I've never raced before. Obviously, there's one or two in that list, and I won't name names um, that I'm sort of uh, a bit eerie about getting back round the track with but yeah no uh, roll on next season Harry mm. <laughs> yeah naming no names Harry naming no names Harry <laughs> um, yeah I mean to be fair again I would I would go as far as to say as well as a few more names on that list that could be a little bit um, a little bit bumper cars at times as well uh, River obviously you're not in Division 1 but I don't think you may be expected to be in Division 1 uh, you did do quite well in the uh, in Division 2 last season though um, interesting to be still in Division 2 Oh, no, I knew I'd be in Division 2. No way am I anywhere near good enough to be in Division 1. I mean, again, so, I, I think you, you, you won a couple of races, season. though, last season. Uh, I think I won one, got a couple of podiums, but, uh, yeah, I, I was well behind the likes of yourself and Hilly, etc. at the top. There was there was no way I was going to be in Division 1. I wouldn't want to be. I'd be ridiculously outclassed. Yeah. Can I, mean, I just ask you a question, Jam? Um, go for it, As regards yeah, yeah. divisions. Obviously... A lot of people have said on FIFA when they've moved up from the Championship to the Premiership that the golfing difference is quite big because a lot of the Premiership players are top. Is that the same as regards the F1? Do you think there's a massive gap? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, the boys will be able to back this up as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Harry and uh, and Ash in the Williams in Division 2 will be able to pull off some good races in Division mm-hmm. 2. Um, but ultimately, someone like Bertie, who, you know, he's, he's capable enough in the Red Bull, depending on the track as well, he will be able to put in some good times in that Red Bull. Rhino yeah. and, you know, Rhino and Payne. We'll, we'll come on to the full list of the, the, the cars on, on Division 2. I've not done that yet. But, um, you know, there's some good players. Riverman in the, the fake Mercedes, the racing point. He'll be able to put some good times in. Um, but like Riverman said, if Riverman come up to Division 1 and was in a Mercedes, that would be like Riverman using, um, I don't know, let's say... Paraguay. Uh, let's, well, no, let's say, Eng- let's say Riverman using England against Shelbourne using... Um, New Zealand, you know, again, you're still going to get, uh, not Shelbourne, sorry, Southey, you're still going to get someone, you know, who's ultimately a better yeah. player at the game, even if they're hampered by the car or the team mm. or whatever, outclassing the other person. And, yeah. you know, especially, you know, Shelbourne's good and everything, but Bunsey recently, I mean, River, he's been fantastic in these last few games, hasn't he? And, and Ash, obviously, you know, Bunsey's been absolutely running away with this test season. Um, it's frustratingly you know. annoying how good Buncey is. I don't like Buncey being good at stuff. <laughs> he's quite uh, a good driver, though. He's got the good temperament for being a good driver. He in is, terms he's, of, he's uh, head F1. and shoulders above everybody in the Test Series. Uh, obviously, Soggy's not been in it. But, yeah, Buncey's just on a... I've been on a different level. And to Marcus's point about differences between the divisions in this Test Series where you've had a mixture of Division 1 and 2 drivers and the Division 2 drivers have had the better cars... Division one drivers have run away with it. There is a big, yeah. big gulf between, certainly between, as with FIFA, between the top end yeah. of the top division and anyone who, who flirts with coming up and down. You might get people come up, get a decent car, 
finish mid table, but there's a big difference between the top end of Division One and Division Two. I think one of the, one of the things that's 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 good to point out about it, Ash, and you might agree as well, is that the the key difference with with drivers in the F1 is it's keeping your head and when when everyone's around you and you know you're going into a corner, you've got to keep an eye on where you're at and where everyone else is because you know we've seen. Um, you know, MJG or, you know, we've seen some people, you know, Hilly, for example, last season do very, very well at setting fast times. Bertie sets very fast times in his, in his Ferrari in the test sessions. But then when it comes to, you know, getting off the line quick and, you know, that first corner, second corner, third corner, that's where the, the, the better drivers, you know, they know when to break a little bit later or when they can, you know, when they've got a bit more allowance and they know how to get the most out of their car. So, yeah. It's a great point, uh, Marcus. I think Ash, you'd agree that the uh, the Division One, it probably will be, um, you know, the likes of Bunsey and Shelbourne, you know, doing well next season. Oh yeah, of course, for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to Division Two. Um, we've touched on a few things there, but obviously Harry and yourself. I mean, what what a team, Ash. You and Harry are going to be in the Williams. I'm sure you can't wait Monday morning to uh, wake up in a cold sweat, thinking that that night you're going to be lining up alongside your teammate as uh, as Harry. Well. I'd like to think that obviously as a teammate um, he wouldn't obviously uh, you know I would be not targeted and uh, (laughs) he would take care but if it's anything like the last time because I have raced with Harry before uh, as part of a team on uh, on the last F1 game um, Harry holds no prisoners um, so uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm looking forward come uh, 10.30 Monday night I'm gonna be the old F1 fair racing uh, Fred will be up I'm going to be having the tag ready. <laughs> um, yeah, get your get your Twitch on, um, it, or as I would call it, the evidence evidence stream. Um, so uh, it is everybody. Everybody's like, right, well, better need to stream. It's not because they want to look back at the race. It's because they want to see who's took them out, or whether Harry has cut like a gazillion corners again. Um, just rounding off the, the divisions and the team. So uh, Big B's in the Haas. Uh, Jeff's in the Alfa Romeo. Racing Point is yourself, Riverman, like we've mentioned. Um, Alpha Tauri is a Payne and Rhino duo, which will be very interesting. Tanz is in the Renault. Red Bull is Bertie. Ferrari have got Lost Boy. And Mercedes, Gazgrass is their lone driver. So, again, very, very interesting there. I think that early season favourite for me would be yourself, Ash. Um, and I actually think River, I think you'll do well in a lot of them races next season. At the moment, I don't think there's a standout driver in that division, aside from maybe one of yourselves. Um, again, I'd, I'd be happily corrected, River, if you think that's different. Um, I think Payne might do quite well. Um, like you said with the Golf, I mm. wouldn't have bought the F1. I've only got the F1 because I game share uh, with Golden Beard and he bought it. I wouldn't have bothered buying it at full price because I literally just do the AG stuff on it. Mm. Uh, don't play it out of that. Um, I'm struggling with the new game. I'm doing a Harry. I'm just going flying over corners and pretending <laughs> they're not there a lot of the time. Uh, Payne has had some good races from what I've seen in the Test Series. He so has to be fair, yeah. I, I, I think Payne could be, the from that list at the moment, Payne will be the one to threaten. But I think it will be uh, Ash winning it and Harry second and then the rest of us fighting out for third place in the championship. Obviously, individual races, anything can happen. But, yeah, I would put Payne as the one to watch behind Ash and Harry. 
Um, again, it might be something, you know, if you got you and Jeff have collaborated, uh, Jeff, sorry, you and Joe have collaborated quite well on the bookies in terms of the World Cup. Is there anything we can do in terms of the F1, do we think? Can we get, because obviously with the league system we're going to be employing now on, on the new game, it, what, that takes into account. Wise? Yeah, that, that, yeah, it takes into account the Constructors' Championship, it takes into account uh, you know, the overall con- winner, things con- like that. Constructors, as Joe has said previously, we, uh, we'd probably struggle to do anything with because. Um, as, as we've mentioned, the people who are in the Williams are just going to be the best drivers. So I think constructors we might struggle to do something with. Individually, just price them up lower, though, I guess. Well, yeah, um, I think we should have a look at it for sure. Yeah, we, so, certainly. Anything, have a look at anything it. to try and recoup your losses, mate? I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm trying it, to throw you a bone here, Riverman. It's worth having a look at. Um, I said the other concern, my initial concern with it as well would be. Uh, if somebody joins in late, uh, because we we never know ability-wise, like when Sussy joined in late and went, oh, I've never played this game in my life, got yeah. quite a good car and destroyed everybody. So <laughs> that might make it awkward. But yeah, it's certainly worth it. Even, uh, even on an individual basis, week to week maybe. We'll have to have a look anyway. You could even yeah. do it like you used to do with the normal F1 and do it, you know, sort of like three or four drivers than any other driver. You know, and and do it like that or something. But we'll we'll see. We'll have to see what uh, what happens. People would bet incorrectly and bet on the wrong races because every time there's a race or something an event they can't bet on, people always bet on wrong people. So, <laughs> right. I I, I want to move on because we are running out of time a little bit. So I want to go over to future plans with the big boss man. So Marcus, we've we've got a few things we uh, we want to be discussing. Uh, there's a few listeners' yep. questions as well. Um, you know, I've I've seen targeted against things. So, um, what are your uh, your plans for the site and um you know for the next three months and, and maybe beyond well mainly just uh, obviously just touching on the features at the moment um i'm just in the middle of a forum upgrade so that's um i'm testing the beta software over the next couple of weeks myself i'm hoping that i'll roll that out to maybe some of the vipers um that they can have a bit of a play with it all the new features in the back end um etc um, and I've spoke to Riverman today as regards the Pickhams. For the guys who are new on the site, the Pickhams can go two ways. It's either a prediction league with Premier League teams or it'll be a survivor league with the NFL teams. Uh, obviously, Scudo paid out for the winner on both of them. Uh, I think it's around £10 million, is it, River, that we discussed? Yeah, yeah, £10 million to the winner of each, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, that's well worth doing for a couple of clicks of your time each week. River or I'll obviously fill you in with all the details of them. Um, and just um, to, it, this is something that me and Joe kept quiet. I discussed it at the very, very start of the World Cup with Joe. Um, <clears throat> what we're going to do, I obviously put up the money towards um, £20 for the winner. Um, but I did actually put up more as well. So uh, an extra £20 will go, will go towards the loser of the winner's bracket, and also uh, an extra £10 of points will go towards the most player who we think, both me and Joe, um, who overachieved, i.e. what team they had, where they finished, how far that they got in the World Cup. So all in all, it should be about £50 worth of MS prizes once the World Cup's over, um, going That's to the fantastic. guys. Yeah, fantastic, man. Well done. That's brilliant. Yeah, so that's um, that's just something to give a little bit um, a bit back. We've all had a big um, a tough time over the last few months. It's been uh, very very difficult with COVID and people being out of work, etc. Uh, but the site's just kept ticking along nicely. So I just want to give some back to the community for all their support on that one. 
Yeah, that's that's great, mate. And again, you know, looking at it on in in uh, in the grand scheme of things as well, that twenty pounds worth of Microsoft points that could be you know half the golf if someone wants to get involved, or half the F one. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So it's uh, it's a really good um, a good thing to do. What else have we got coming up? Is there anything else that you want to discuss? <laughs> the leagues, I think. I think everyone's think been asking what's I mean, going again, you know, on, I'm not, what's I'm not going gonna, on, etc. I'm not going to say it, but that's kind of where I was going. I'll be honest. That's kind of where you're going. So, I mean, I can't commit to anything yet. Um, we're certainly, as a site, we've you've touched on this before. We've been through this before, moving from Xbox 360 to Xbox One. Uh, the main thing is, or the process will be that once a new game comes out, we'll do all the ratings. So we'll get everyone to post up their new ratings. You will have significant increases, which will uh, impact your match day fees big time. Uh, once we've got everyone together, what I'll do then is I'll sit down and I'll have a look at where we stand in terms of the economy, have the match day, um, have your wages gone up significantly. Uh We've got a few options off the back of that, so there'll be no changes to any match day fees if I feel that everything's nice and stable. Because don't forget, over the last few months, we've had plenty of money coming into the market with no wages, with no wages cough, to pay cough, at all. Cough, cough, Riverman. Yeah, <laughs> Riverman's giving them out like sweets. Uh, the second option is to obviously increase increase the match day payments to to offset obviously the wages. And the third option is a Scoodle cut percentage. Ooh, did I just really say that? 90%, was it? <laughs> but uh, that last one would certainly be um, the last option, really, yeah. as, as, as regards trying to make things more stable. Like I said, it's difficult at the moment to put to actually say what I'm going to do with it until I work out the rating side of things where we stand with the overall economy. Is there enough money in the economy to suffice the, the increase in wages? We'll work all that out once that comes. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, in terms of um, yourself, obviously, again, I, just from me, and, and I know the boys on the podcast, like it and everybody else, you know, just a massive thank you for keeping everything running, obviously, through, uh, like you say, these tough times. Uh, I know you've had a, not had it easy yourself in your, your personal life in terms of um, with, with work and everything. Been a bit of a shit show for you, so uh, thank you very much for uh, your oh, continued, uh, continued support as well. Because, again, like Suited alluded to it in uh, in his most recent blog, and, you know, it's a very poignant point. Um, for me, this this is a form of escapism. You know, it's, it's something that you can come home after a shit day and, you know, whether it be on a Friday night or, you know, well, we run events virtually every day of the week now, don't we? But, you know, you can just sort of think, oh, what's on tonight on AG, you know, and I'll, I'll go get involved and bury my head in that. So, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, thanks for that, mate. And uh, and thanks to everyone, you know, yourself, Joe, every, yeah, Joe, Bertie, everybody, everybody who contributes, you know, everybody who is on the site, you know, and is an active member because um, it's a great community. And, you know, hopefully after... Uh, after covid disappears um you know we can uh, we can get that meet up sorted and uh, and we can all buy each other a few pints which would be that is definitely that is definitely on the horizon once we get this shit virus out of the way and we move into the new year etc and all that that will be just a, a weekend of all just meeting up and in a central location and just basically getting on the beer and putting names to faces Hey, and and to be fair, don't you know if if people have got any incentive, you know, scudo. If you, if you come, you get a scudo. We'll have we'll have everybody there. We'll have everybody there. It'd be brilliant. You sound like never mind. Yeah. There's, there's, there's one thing here. I'm not sure you've thought about. If we do that, Rhino is going to get to meet everybody, and he's going to have to go stalking around the country. He's just going to have to go to one central location. You're making his ev- job really like, easy. Where's, 
Where's my driving license gone? Where's my passport gone? Have you got my? Rhino <laughs> just got them all, writing down all the addresses. Oh dear. Uh, no, but again, bottom of the heart. Thank you very much, mate. It's uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, Ash, we're going to round it off so we don't go massively long over with the few listeners' questions we've got, if that's all right. So if you would like to kick us off yes, with that, buddy. Yes. So obviously we've got a couple that have come in. Thank you to always as everyone that does put them in. Uh, so the first question, uh, I'm going to orientate towards uh, yourself. Jam and River. Uh, would you so? Would you like to see a 90% Scudo cut before <laughs> the new season starts? And if it happens, how much panic would it cause? Uh, River, I'm going to start with you. Um, I, I say, as Marcus has just said, it's, it's really hard to say until we know what the situation is with uh, ratings increases, wages increases, etc. Um, if match day payments weren't to go up, and wages stayed the same because of the influx of like uh, 80, 81 players, etc. we had on deadline day. I don't think you could really realistically do a 90% cut because no one would be able to afford wages. So that would cause absolute havoc um, in terms of, in terms of panic. Yes. I think it would cause huge panic. Um, <laughs> I'm just giving him an idea now, haven't I? Um, if obviously um, match day payments increase to uh, cover basically the uh, the extra high higher ratings of players that have come in on deadline day, there is a lot of money in the leagues because um, I had a look at mine the other day and when we finished the league, I was on about five six million I think because I'd spent on deadline day knowing I'd just about have enough money to get myself through the season and left myself with about five six million. I've just been doing events. I've done the golf. I've done the F1 every week, things like that. Obviously, I haven't been able to raise any money from transfer fees. I'm on 68 million. So there is a huge amount of money coming into the league from events. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a, if there was a cut, if obviously uh, match day payments and wages uh, were correlated back to sort of where they were at the start of the season, if that makes sense. Would you agree, Jam? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of it is a leveler, isn't it? And again, I've been in that position where transfer deadline day is rocking round. Funnily enough, I was in that position last season and, and obviously overspent, which is you know it's been more greatly documented. Um, but you know, transfer deadline day ticks round. You think, well, I've got a fair amount of cash. Uh, I need to get it splurged in case Marcus decides to uh, pull a fast one. Um, to be fair, I think. I, I, I genuinely don't think there'd be a massive amount of panic. I think it's a weird one. I think people would be obviously disappointed because having 90% of 100 million is still 90% of 100 million compared to someone who's got 90% of 10 million. You know, you, you're still going to be at an advantage, but the advantage obviously is massively decreased and can be made up a lot quicker with uh, with event participation and so on. So I think for me because we're keeping the same teams and, and whatnot, I would I would like to see it just carry on. And I think that, you know, you see people that have accumulated a lot of money. It would uh, it would mean that transfers are going to happen. For me, the, the one thing I would say is that, and, I, and I've said this from the start, I know the transfer admins need some time off, um, apparently. I don't know what else Storm's really doing with his life, to be fair. But um, I would like to see the transfer window just sort of stay open or, you know, maybe close, um, you know, for, uh, transfer deadline day, close that. And then when the season finishes, it you know, it, it open up again. I know logistically it's a bit of a nightmare in terms of migrating databases and so on but i think it just would Im- it would improve um you know friendlies and and whatnot across uh, 
across these head-to-head games if people could try out different players and things. Um, but again, you know, that's 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 not the not the topic. I guess that's just me uh, me spitballing. Um, I I would like to see um, I'd like to see it stay as it is personally. I think the important thing to remember is that when we did this reset and me and Joe, me and Joe sat down right at the very start of it to discuss how we were going to structure all the wages and what impact it has. Right, I would say probably halfway through last season, if not earlier, we started to see the impact of what wages were having on the teams. So people financially started to manage them better. Now, I know people are turning around and saying, well, you know, I'm building a good team. Why should I be punished? People weren't punished because there was enough money coming into the league anyway. What they were doing is that if they bought a top-end player, they were paying for him out of their wages. And that's what you want. If, you, if you're going to buy a top-end player, we want to see that money coming out of your account. If you were to buy a Cristiano Ronaldo, you'd have to pay him half a million pound a week out of your wages. So why can't it be like that in hours now? And that's what me and Joe were trying to aim for. And full credit to Joe who done all the research, he got all the players together, etc., and done it all. I think last season we finally saw the balance that we were looking for. It would be a shame, as what Jam said, it'd be a shame to upset that. But on the flip side of it, we have had a lot of money that's come into the market. Um, so we've got to sort of take that as an evaluation and then judge it on on the decision that we make next to get back to the point that we were last season. That's good. Um, next question has come from Biggie, and again, this one's probably uh, you know we touch base a little bit, but it's probably more difficult to answer at the moment because nothing's confirmed. Um, supposing that Joe's hopes are dashed and FIFA isn't cross-platform, we are then going to have a mix of Xbox One and Series X players within the same divisions. What would be the idea going forward? Well, what we did last time, um, which kind of worked well, you're obviously going to have some people who are going to buy the console, some people who are not going to buy. The good thing about FIFA is that the, is that the players are generally between consoles, usually the same rating. So what we would do is find out who's on what console. So let's say for argument's sake, we had a 50-50 split. We would put 50% into the Xbox X League and 50% into the Xbox One League. But I would like to keep keep it as one big market. So you could still deal with each other. It would just be the fact that you're not be able to play people on the other console. As the other people upgrade, they would shuffle across and move into the other league, thus reducing that. Eventually, I think everyone will upgrade regardless, because that's what we do. We're gamers and none of us can help ourselves. We'll just go out and buy it on deadline day. But I have got a plan in place to split it between the two, keep the big market as it is, so you can deal between players. The downside will be is that you just won't be able to play each other. Yeah, Fair enough. I mean, obviously, at the moment, there's uh, there's no confirmation uh, regarding sort of uh, cross-platform and uh, cross-gen yet, so we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, in the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks, we should uh, hear some news. Right, next set of questions. Uh, so, uh, obviously, big the, uh, the Big 50. Um, which one has been the best what you've been involved in and why? So, I, I think it's probably more... Um, for me and uh, Jam, but obviously, you know, yourself, River, um, I know yourself, Marcus, you know, what one's been the best to listen to. So, Jam, um, what would you, one would you say has been the best? Um, or, should, we say, should we say best guess, I guess? 
Um, well, I mean, again, I can say the best podcast. I think one of the best podcasts was uh, when we discussed, me and Packfish were having a bit of a debate on negative wages oh, I um, that, that spilled out from, from the forum. So that was quite fun. Um, I would also say that getting, um, obviously, Harry on is always fun. Getting Rhino on is always fun. Um, I think one of the best ones as well, again, I can't really remember the exact topics, but I know we had Jay Lizzle on. And um, that was obviously quite fun as well because, again, it was just an absolute logistical nightmare trying to get him on in terms of the timings. And, uh, you know, with him being in Japan, that was that was quite fun. So, yeah, I think um, it, the whole thing's just been a blast, hasn't it, really, mate? But I think, um, for me, yeah, the, the whole podcast itself is is uh, is a success in my eyes. Um, River, is there any episodes that sort of stand out from, uh, from a listener's uh, point of view or when you've been on, you know, with other guests? Um, anyone that stood out? Um, I always like, I've done a couple of the uh, season preview ones. Um, I think I did a couple of them because we put them in the bookies as well to give insight on that. I think they're always fun trying to predict who's going to come where. But um, when I first joined the site, um, it was you two and Joby who did them on a, a fairly regular basis. I don't know how long it was the three of you who did them all for before that. Um, that was what got me into it, and then you started asking like for guests and so on, and uh, I, being a mouthy bastard, uh, <laughs> said, "Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll come on." Um, and then, of course, when uh, Joby sort of stepped away from it a bit, I've sort of always said, "Yeah, I'll be on them." So I, I just enjoy doing them. I think it's always good to have a variety of of people on. I so say, I think one of uh, Storm's always an entertaining guest, even if you can't understand what he says half the time. Um, <laughs> It, it's just, uh, and I like I like hearing new people on it as well. People you may not speak to as much on the mic. It's just good to get a variety of opinions, I think, and uh, just discussing a wide variety of topics. Yeah, no, I mean definitely, I mean, Marcus. Um, it's obviously I know you're a, you're a keen listener. Um, any episodes that's really stood out for you? Any guests? Um, do you know what episode I put on the other day? Number one, <laughs> and I actually sat back and I listened to it and. To listen to the way that you guys now handle it compared to how you handled it back then, which we were all new, it was something that we tossed out there and we put something together, um, is just you guys have improved absolutely no end. And for me, this is one of the key features of the site. Every single league member, every single member loves listening to it. They're dying to get their names mentioned on it. Um, and it's just the, the way that you guys have improved it over what is it two years now is it something like that yeah, has been has been mm-hmm. has been absolutely fantastic and full credit to you both um, i'm looking forward to to hearing a lot more who's got the flight in the room yeah but <laughs> yeah what was that yeah. that was that's uh that's uh harry trying to get from <laughs> under my bed sorry boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean as always i think um I think I went through uh, the, the guests we'd had on the other day, and I think it was over 27, 28 members, uh, different members that had uh, come on the podcast. So it's really, really good. Um, I think for me, you know, you touched on, I always enjoy the uh, the season reviews, um, you know, in terms of uh, picking the team of the seasons. Um, they're always good fun. Um, and Harry, uh, bless him, you know, we do love having him on. I know he does throw... Uh, 
hisses every now and again when he doesn't always come on straight away but he's a good he's a good one to come on the podcast and you know storm there's loads and we're always on the lookout for you know people to come on if you've never been on before do do pm us because it's uh we'd love to have you on and we'd love to obviously um you know um have as many members on as we can right uh, question number two. I mean, we've talked about this one. Obviously, you know, sort of your plans for the next uh, the next sort of few months. Um, this is for you, Marcus. Do you have any big plans for the future of the site? So I suppose in the in the long term, um, rather than sort of the next sort of month or two. Who's that yeah, come from? He probably wants to sell it to fucking Bill Gates or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a question from it? Hilly. Uh, it's from just... Hilly. Um, Hilly wants to know if he's still within a job. Probably is, is that what it is? Is it? Yeah. Um, no. It's 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 really just about getting through this next period in terms of um, uh, upgrades and upgrades on the site, upgrades on Xbox, etc. I'll always start to continue. Sorry, I'll always continue to improve the site by adding different things. You've seen the new league sheets. You've seen the head-to-head table. Um, it it really is just slow and steady. Um, I'm looking forward to doing the, the new features, as I said earlier on, on the site and sort of rolling them out. They may not be massive changes, uh, but little subtle changes that can help us here and there just run the site. So just to grow it nice and slowly um, and then just see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and a final question from Hilly. Does it, I think this was a, I think this was a point of a debate in one of the parties from last week. Does anyone think Messi will leave Barcelona at Jam? Um, oh, I hope he does. I really hope he does. I think it, I think the whole thing is um, he's just posturing from Bartomeu, the uh, the president of Barcelona. I think he wants him out. He wants the debt cleared. Um, you know, and, and getting Messi off the books uh, is a certain way to do that. I think he wants him out. I think it's just a case of posturing with Man City to try and get the best deal possible, and whether that's a few players and a bit of money, then that's what it'll be. But I think that um, there's it's that situation, you know, no smoke without fire, and and all that, that that old saying. I think that it's kind of gone too far now. It's not like one of these with Sergio Ramos to Man United, etc., where it's mooted for a couple of days and then he signs a new contract. I think there's genuine dispute and he wants out. So I think it'll happen. Uh, Riverman. Obviously, I've got no idea over what uh, Messi and the Barca president are thinking, but I think it was a sh- I think it was a shame if he went away. You don't get too many uh, one club players, and Messi has been absolutely fantastic. He'll always be associated with Barcelona, so in that respect, um, I-, I hope he doesn't go. He signed a contract there. Um, he should honour it. The club should honour it. On the flip side of that, I'd quite like to see him at Man City. Because I would love to watch him in the Premier Division. It means there's less chance of Liverpool winning the league. So uh, that, that, that's got to be a bonus, hasn't it? Um, Marcus, as a, as a United fan, um, how would you feel if you saw Messi turning up in a Manchester City kit? Fine by me. Fine by me. We've got Danny van der Beek now, so bring him on. But uh, no, I think it's best for both parties. I've got to be honest, he's 33 now, is he? 32-33, he's clearly not the future as good as what he is, don't get me wrong, he's been fantastic for Barcelona, but I think that at some point you've got to turn around and say, well, you know, this is probably the end of a beautiful relationship, and that Messi's got to go and do what he has to do, try and prove himself in another league, but I think Barcelona have got to build for the future as well, and when, when you take a million pound off the wages, as you guys will know, in the league, it's um, it does help. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think just just quickly on that, I did have to laugh. Um, I heard a um, a a call from I think it was like a Spanish show. Basically, it was translated. Some Barcelona fan saying on a Spanish radio show that if Messi leaves, you know, he's not bigger than the club. He can forget it. Da, da, da. No, no one will remember him. <laughs> I, had, I had to laugh at that. I just thought, like, come on, mate. You get that's that's where I switch off. That's a bit bit too much. Was his name no, Dear Storm by any chance? I, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I would take him. Oh, superb. Um, right, uh, final question. And I mean, there was two questions to this, but I think the first one we sort of uh, touched on uh, earlier. Um, what was the first football match you watched live? Um, River, I'm going to start with you first on this one. And um, the first, uh, I mean, I was taken to Crabble to watch like Dover Reserves when I was like five years old, but I just kicked the ball up and down the terraces and that didn't pay much attention. The first first team game I ever saw was the 1986 Kent Senior Cup final at Priestfield between Dover and Welling. We lost 2-0. Who scored? I don't know. They were Welling players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, superb. Um, Marcus? Um, apparently, I've been to loads of Wrexham matches when I was younger, uh, but the, the, the one that sticks out that I remember... It was 1989 at Old Trafford and we played Liverpool, which was a very, very good Liverpool side then. John Barnes, John Aldridge, Peter Beardsley. Um, I think it was actually their title winning side. And we beat them 3-1 on New Year's Day. And it was um, an unbelievable experience um, that I'll never forget. Liverpool fans throwing coins. It was back in the days of hooligism. hooliganism. Um, uh, Liverpool fans chucking aeroplanes in the air and cheering when they crashed. And Man United fans shaking skeletons of Bill Shankly. Back, proper back to the old days where it was just say anything and nothing ever matters. Um, yeah, that's uh, a game that sticks out in my mind. Um, Jam? Um, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, to be fair. Mine was, was quite simple, actually. It was the last game at Highfield Road, which was Coventry's um, home ground before, um, and we beat uh, Derby 6-2. Um, it was an absolutely amazing game, and uh, obviously a lot of emotion, a lot of tears. Um, as a sort of 12, 13-year-old, I was kind of, I don't know, I wasn't really, I loved football, but I wasn't really into you, you, again, I think as a kid, even at that age, you don't really fully appreciate the, the magnitude of what you're witnessing. Um, you know, similar to yourself when Arsenal would have left Highbury and, and things like that. And Dover, if they've ever been anywhere else other than that tin pot ground, um, you know, but um, I think for me, it was uh, it was one of those things I look back on. I think I was just lucky to be there. You know, I was lucky to, to have been in a match at that ground and um, and have a bit of history, really. No, it was good. Uh, for me, um, it was uh, it was the start of our FA Cup run. Uh, we had a game against Stoke City, um, which we won. And it was the route that we played. Uh, it was the year we played United in the final um, in Cardiff. Uh, that was my first game, and I remember it Robbed. well. And <laughs> yeah, um, another one on the trophy cabinet. Um, and ever since then, I've uh, tried to go as much as I can. But no, that concludes uh, that a good set of questions there. That concludes the listeners' questions. So obviously, I'll pass you back to you, Jam, to uh, sort of round us all off. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, again, thanks a lot for the questions, boys. Um, again, I know we we ask for the questions. You know, we we sort of prompt uh, prompt you guys for the questions. But it's a good feature, and it's nice that again you guys can ask us directly. Uh, you know. Yeah 
who's whoever's on the podcast you get to ask them direct questions and you don't have to be ag related you can ask us anything as well so it's a good feature we want to keep running it but it only works if you guys actually get involved so we don't want to have to incentivize it all the time so please please next time we ask for listeners questions just just again take a minute two minutes to throw us one over that'd be great um right we're going to leave it there boys so we don't run over too much um river if we start with you if you want to say your goodbyes thanks for coming on this special 50th episode mate it's been great having you yeah, so thanks for having me, as I said at the beginning. I um, just want to quickly echo uh, something that was said earlier, uh, without sounding like the drunk guy at the pub who's going around hugging everyone. Just a uh, big thanks to Marcus for his time, effort and money that it will cost to run the site. It is the first thing a lot of us look at in the morning and at the end of the evening. I've known Joe a long time now. Uh, he does an awful lot of work uh, behind the scenes on everything, and people such as Bertie transfer admins league admins thank you to everyone who gets involved because i'd be lost if we didn't have this place so it's uh it's a tremendous feature as is you two guys with the podcast it's always a great listen and always great to be on it so cheers to everyone thank you very much um marcus again like uh, like phil said thank you very much for running the site and continuing to uh, to pour your money into it uh, it must be difficult when you see um, you know uh, Storm shouting off about Gareth Bale in the shout box think what the hell am I spending this money on uh, <laughs> but uh, but thank you nonetheless yeah no problem thanks for having me on guys and uh, everyone just needs to keep up the good work that they're doing uh, and hopefully we can push on this year Fantastic, thank you very much. And, uh, and Ash, obviously, again, um, I think all that's left to say is, is thank you from both of us. I think, obviously, for the listeners for for listening and giving us chance to uh, to uh, obviously you know do something we both enjoy and and we both get a lot out of. And um, and obviously, thank you for like I always say at the start, pushing the buttons and making it happen. Really, because you know without you, um, I'm just uh, just a gobby gobby person with with no one to record and and transmit it to to the various yeah. mediums. <laughs> yeah no it's always good to, uh you know and uh thanks to river and marcus for coming on and uh as always you know if you do want to get involved we do say it every every episode please 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 do pm of myself or jam uh even if you've never been on before we'd love to have you on um it's so easy to get involved with now um so please 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 do it but yeah until next time um thanks for listening guys yeah thank you very much boys and uh, we'll leave it there so we'll catch you on episode 51 thank you very much bye bye